0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back with you guys for another episode of our match reaction series. I've got a lot more energy than I thought I was going to have about 20 minutes ago. Um, to be fair, so <laughs> I'm going to treat this uh, almost like a win in some ways, which I know some fans will struggle with. But I certainly am feeling after Arsenal's 2-2 draw with Chelsea a lot better than I did. I'm, I'm joined by Umar to have a chat about this. How are you doing, mate? You good? You well?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Like you have just you hit the nail on its head. Um, it gives you a new. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. Like two 0 down, you're deflated. You're thinking, "Ah, oh, the weekend is through," and now you look. You look to Sevilla on Tuesday, and you get a lifeline, and you think, "Okay, what? 10-15 minutes left of this game. Maybe we can do something." maybe we can claw it back and maybe we can get a point out of this and then obviously Trossard comes up Trump's um, fantastic cross from Bukata Saka who was quiet for most of the game but what do big players do when you need them in the key moments in the big moments they, they, they do the business and it's a fantastic cross brilliant finish from Trossard and we come away from that game with a point and it's a point gained it's a point yeah. gained so yeah look, we're still unbeaten, the performance was awful, we have to be completely honest, but we're still unbeaten and we'll fight until another day, uh, as they all say.
0: Uh, I think that's that's a performance of a team that have had one training session, um, <laughs> is, is the way I think I'd describe it, because uh, that's that's all they've had, uh, is one training session. Players came back Thursday, some have been taking part in some sessions, but yeah, uh only, only yesterday really were they able to uh, have the full team in, uh, and that certainly I think showed. And there was a little bit of lag from the international break, and they didn't start very strongly. Uh, I think Chelsea's setup certainly bamboozled Arsenal a bit as well. You know, without a recognised striker. Uh, I think it's important that we give Chelsea credit. You know, I think they were really good. It's the best I've seen Chelsea play this season. And some people will say, you know, well, we allowed them to be... I, I think that would be disingenuous to how good Chelsea were um, and certainly were a much better side than I've seen them play so far this season. Again, they still managed to uh, underperform the expectation of, of their XG and, their, and and you know what else they've produced throughout the performance. But I look at this game and I can't help but come away from thinking you know, positively about the result because it could have been so much worse. Uh, and we'll talk about that. I want to start with... I want to start with David Rea because I think he's the most obvious point to start with. I, you know, here, elsewhere, in comment sections, Umar, I've had people say to me that he's far and away better than Ramsdale. That, like, it's he's clear of Ramsdale and that it's obvious why he's starting. And to which I've said... I think he's slightly better and I think in a number of areas, he is better, but I think Ramsdale's better in some areas so far. I'm not activating that buyout clause is all I would say right now. I've not been convinced to say that we'll be activating that clause. And I think Ramsdale, who of course wasn't available for today. So it's pointless kind of saying he, he should have started because he wasn't here and congratulations Mm. to both him and Georgina, by the way, um, on the birth of their child. But, um, I think there is a question mark, especially for Sevilla on Tuesday, if Ramsdale is available for that. And going forwards, whether or not Ramsdale should come in because Arteta is all about accountability, is he not?
1: (laughs) You say that. um, But look, I think I said it a few weeks ago. There's not much between these two goalkeepers. Maybe there's not even anything in it between these goalkeepers. It could just be preference in terms of Mikel Arteta deciding that David Raya is his number one, is Arsenal's number one moving forwards. But if I'm honest, like, you saw it last, um, before the international break um, against Tottenham, he was quite nervy. Against Manchester City, he was quite nervy. I think in the second half against Manchester City, he improved, so fair play to him. But the international breaks obviously concluded. We're back against Chelsea, against Stamford Bridge. And again, he was nervy and, like... (sighs) If Aaron Ramsey is making these mistakes that David Raya is making right now, or not necessarily making clear-cut mistakes, but making us making us as fans a bit nervous, chaotic, not giving his backline the confidence that I think they want from from their goalkeeper, then we'd be saying Aaron Ramsey, what the hell are you playing at? Mikraté, you? you need to drop him. This is not good enough. Yeah. So yeah. because yeah. it's yeah. because it's David Raya, we should be we should be doing the same thing, no. And I think Aaron Ramsdell, he should be aggrieved that he's been dropped. Look, at the back end of last season, his performances, I don't think, were up to scratch. OK, um, obviously, we lost the title and he made a few mistakes that he probably shouldn't have. You go back to that game against West Ham, the Jared Bowen shot that he let in, um, Southampton, obviously, he made that mistake at, at home. But he started the season as Arsenal's number one. During those opening few weeks, did Aaron Ramsdell... Make a mistake that you thought to yourself, yeah, th- this is not good enough. He needs to be dropped. And I know people in the comments might be going back to that game against Fulham. I think it was when when he made that mistake. But again, yeah. Some, yeah. some people probably saying that's not his fault. Some people probably saying he should do much better. But the mistakes David is making right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're way way
0: worse than what now, Aaron
1: Ramsey's doing.
0: Do we blame? raya or do we blame arteta because arteta is the one that's telling him to play a certain way you know he's the one saying against man city said he was really proud of that performance even though there was a lot of question marks and a lot of anxiousness from the crowd and you know i was there at the city game and i didn't particularly rate his first half performance against city you know it was really nervy and he wants him to play that way and if he's saying that he's doing what i'm asking. Then does the finger kind of have to point more towards Arteta? I think the Mudrick goal certainly. You look at the goalkeeper, and you know, and obviously the pass to Palmer. You know, whether or not Arteta's telling him to do it or not, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you point at Arteta as well for the way he's playing? Yeah, because Arteta
1: said that after the Manchester City game, like obviously he was asked about his performance in the first half, and Mikel Arteta said, "No, he's doing what I ask of him every week on the training ground, yeah, and he's persistent with that." But, look, I think as a goalkeeper, you know how Arsenal are going to play. At times, you're going to be making mistakes from the back. But what I've not been overly impressed with David Raya so far, forget about that Mudrik goal, OK? Like, it's a disaster of a goal. And he should be doing a lot better.
0: A massive fluke, by the way. Massive like fluke. It was hugely fluke.
1: It was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen yeah. straight away. But what I've not been impressed with David Raya so far is, the, is basically the skill and what we brought him in for his distribution it's not been good enough <laughs> like don't get me wrong in certain games he, he may spray a pass out wide and you're thinking wow this is this is incredible but for most of the games i've seen him so far his passing accuracy has not been the best it's not been the best and you're expecting a lot more if if this is the reason why we brought him because i think Mikel Arteta looks at edison of Manchester City, and he wants a similar goalkeeper to him, in terms of playing out from the back. When when teams press you, you you're calm, you're composed. You don't you don't be chaotic. Sometimes Aaron Ramsey has a tendency to be chaotic, so I think Aaron um, Mikel Arteta wants a bit more calm in his back backline.
0: Yeah. But right yeah. now, it's not being calm. It's not being no. calm. Um, <sighs> Chelsea's goals are, as we've discussed, a fluke from Mudrick um, and a penalty that I don't think is a penalty. It's by the letter of the law it's a penalty, but the law's blimmin' stupid. <laughs> it's ridiculous that that is, you know, that the, a miss, you know, he, he he doesn't head it well. I think it is Mudrick, isn't it? Um, Mudric goes to head the ball, kind of glances off his head. Saliba's going for the initial cross and the deflected, kind of the effort from um, Madrid that is obviously going away from goal. I think at the time hits Hmm. his arm and it's like the, the the time that it would take for the ball to leave his head, hitting his arm is such an infinitesimally small amount of time. I don't see what Saliba can do. I saw Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank at halftime on sky. Trying to somehow, with his Chelsea hat on, justify it being a penalty, and thank goodness—and I haven't said this many times—but thank goodness Jamie Redknapp was there to turn around and say, "I'm sorry," but what on earth is Saliba meant to do? What is he meant to do in that situation?
1: I don't know what the handball rule is. To to be honest, I don't know what the handball rule is. It seems these days in the modern modern game, if the ball hits your hand nine times out of ten, the referee is going to decide it's a penalty, and it's stupid. And it's stupid. You saw a similar incident today in the Merseyside derby. Again, it's quite harsh, but you can understand why that's given. But the Saliba one, like if the ball's coming in and Sterling puts that cross in, obviously William Saliba is going to try and header it away as a defender. And obviously Modric gets in with the header. It's going off target as well. I don't think that's going a goal bound, but it's it's a mistake that these referees on second viewing, the thing thing with what I get annoyed a bit, VAR, yeah? The referee has has a decision, yeah? He's been told in his ear, look, this could be a potential penalty. It's down to the referee now to go to the monitor and see whether this is a right call or not a right call. Now it seems with VAR, if they tell you to go to the monitor, it's a penalty. When was the last time you saw a decision
0: be overturned. like two or three cases where it's been a different um yeah look the, the VA we heard the VAR they tell the VAR they tell the referee what they're gonna see before they go in my opinion it should be um we would like you to go to have a look at the the monitor so that you can make up your decision about whether or not you agree with your initial call that's how i think it should work i personally don't think the var if the var is not there to re-referee games the var should not be telling the referee anything about the incident all that they should be doing is saying um there's um you know we want you to go to the monitor to have another look at this so you can get a better opportunity to kind of you know assess your decision about whether or not it's a it's a penalty or a red card or whatever that—that That is the only thing, in my view, that the VAR should be telling the referee. Because as soon as they say things like, we're recommending an on-field review for a potential penalty handball or whatever, you're putting it into the referee's mind what he's going to see and what he should be looking to try and overturn. Especially because, as you say, that the... Um, the record of kind of the amount of times it is overturned once a referee is sent to the monitor. The monitor should be there so the referee can assess his decision, not mm. be told what he's looking to try and find. Um but yeah, anyway, I don't want to get bogged down too much on VAR because there was a lot more to this game than that penalty decision. <laughs> Arsenal obviously come back into the game after going 2-0 down. We talked about Mudricks goal we talked about Rab disappointment, but it's another goalkeeping error, but my goodness me, does Declan Rice have a hell of a lot to do <laughs> when the ball lands at his feet. Um, two goals already this season. Um, a brilliant strike there. I mean, when that hit... I, I, didn't, I thought it was going wide. I just assumed it was going past the post. Mm. And when it nestled in the back of the net, I was like, okay, yeah. How uh, did you
1: see that go through? Crazy, crazy finish. Like, I thought it was going wide. I thought it was going wide on first viewing. I thought... Yeah, this this goal is it's, it's not gonna go in the back of the net. But mm. the amount of curve that he puts on the ball to get into the bottom corner, it's a fantastic finish. And that's what I was hoping more from this Arsenal team in this game that they would trouble Sanchez more because he, for me, he's a bad goalkeeper. Yeah. And it got to a certain stage, I think we we didn't have a shot on target. And I'm thinking, trouble this goalkeeper. Let's see what yeah. he can do because he seems nervy. And we weren't doing it. And the, the one time that he does make a mistake, we score from it. And even the Eddie and a chance, when I think it's too it oh, close.
0: Very goal, close.
1: What's the goalkeeper doing? Yeah. I don't even know what he's doing. Like, he's sprawling at one point. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, we should be troubling this goalkeeper more. But it's a fantastic goal from Declan Rice. Um, If I'm honest, I, I was slightly shocked that Jorginho started this game. Especially when Chelsea... On. So I can only yeah. assume there must be something there. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Because like, Ch- surely Ch- he comes on. Chelsea, the reason why they had a successful performance today and the reason why they had a good game was because of their midfield. Caicedo, Enzo and Gallagher. It's not the most sexy of midfield. They're not the most elegant of players. A little
0: bit sexy. Caicedo and Enzo are pretty good, you know. <laughs> but what, what's, yeah. what's,
1: what what are they good at mostly? Getting the ball back. Quick movement, dynamism. Exactly. Yeah, retrieval of the ball. Retrieving yeah. the ball. And they won that midfield battle. Like when Jorginho, Odegaard. Odegaard was awful. To, to, to oh, Odegaard honest. was anonymous today. Yeah, anonymous. he was awful. And yeah. they won that midfield battle. And I was thinking, like, if we started party alongside Declan Rice and Martin Odegaard, it may have proved different in terms of our performance. But look, we've got a way with one there. But I thought Declan Rice in the second half he done very well to be honest and it, like an arsenal midfield without Declan
0: rice it's quite worrying but look it's a fantastic goal it's a brilliant brilliant goal um and i cannot wait to see uh, the reaction from Arteta after this game regarding kind of the, the whole comeback and we'll hear from him you can obviously check out the press conference we'll uh, be on the channel a little bit later on this evening you can catch the uh, the live blog that's on football. london at the moment but at that point you know arsenal has still got a Still got to get the equaliser. And Leandro Trossard, who is a player that has faced a fair few questions, you know, really, about his performances so far this season. He had a really good preseason. He's not been able to necessarily carry that through, I think, into the league, uh, into this season. Again, comes off the bench. And it's a brilliant cross from Saka, by the way. Yeah, and so. But the finish is is really, really good. And it, there is an irony, a narrative that Mudrick obviously scores, and the guy that Arsenal signed when they didn't get Mudrick equalises – that's a great better narrative there, but what did you make of, of that? And did you feel at that moment that we'd go on to, to kind of win it? Or it was a very open game at that point.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, once we got the second goal, um I thought, look, this, this could be crazy. The turnaround could be crazy because it's funny how football works, because yeah. momentum, it's momentum, it's all about momentum. You know when Declan Rice puts that ball in the back of the net, it just switches. The whole feeling in and around the ground changes the Chelsea team is a bit more nervous Mauricio Pochettino is nervous the the crowds they seem a bit edgy because they realize look we've scored on what the 74th I didn't didn't even know when it was it was 80 when was it Declan Rice scored something along those lines It was about 15 minutes left of the game it's a long time in football when you take into account additional time etc and you saw Declan Rice's reaction to all the Arsenal players like come on this is an opportunity we've got. We've got an opportunity here to take something from this game, and then you see the Arsenal players winning their duels. Emil Smith Rowe, I thought he was good when he came on. He was winning his duels. I thought he had a very good um, cameo. Kai Havertz in the number nine role, he was winning everything. Everything was bouncing off him when he went into that number nine position, and you thought to yourself, look, if Arsenal get another, they could potentially win this. But it's brilliant play from Bukayo Saka. It's a fantastic cross. I say to you at the start of the show, he was quiet for most of that game. And I don't think he was fully fit, to be honest. I think, um, yeah. With Makai Asaka, he always wants to play every single minute. And I think he's worked his socks off to get ready for Mm -hmm. this game. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think he was fully fit. But one piece of skill that he provides leads to a goal. And that's what the best players do. And it's a fantastic finish from Trossard. Then you're thinking, can we get one more chance? Because then it's an open-ended game. Chelsea want to try and win it. Arsenal want to try and win it, and anything sure. can happen. But look, we take the point, we move on because on the 70th, on the 70th minute mark, I thought this this is this game's over. Let's look to Sevilla, but. It's a point.
0: I'd game. resign myself to thinking this is going to be a bad week to have to talk and write about Arsenal, <laughs> you know. So Big severe, time. you know, we got in in just three days' time as well. It'd be interesting to see what the lineup is for that game now, considering um, I think we got a good game, obviously, then against Sheffield United at home, which you would expect us to to hopefully get things back on track. There's two points I want to make. Um, first one. It is so important that we kept our unbeaten run going as as well. You know, if this was like halfway through the season, yes, I think I'd be more disappointed than I am right now about this result. But because we're still unbeaten and keeping that record going is so important. Not because I'm thinking about an invincible trophy, I'm not. I'm thinking about the importance of what feeling invincible is like, feeling like you can't be beaten. Mm. That that feeling, that aura, that confidence that it brings you is so so important for a team that needs to try and go on to to be as as uh, resistant as they can mm. and also the second point is to those fans that are feeling down and there are you know there are definitely reasons why you could you should feel down in the sense that you know we all expected to win this game chelsea had not been good this season but probably had their best game of the season this year is that we didn't lose in a situation in which as I say we have one day's training Saka not fit Harte, not available to play at all despite being on the bench mistakes uh at the back in terms of uh, kind of a fluky goal from chelsea which you know how many times has that happened in a game their first goal is a penalty that frankly for me is, shouldn't be a penalty mm. they didn't create what i would describe as like a clear-cut opportunity themselves like i think we limited them to a degree and i think that actually the performance of chelsea and the attacking third was hyped up way more than what it was and we were very good at limiting them as, as much as we could um we obviously still find ourselves at the moment joint top of the table until at least Monday. Everything that could have gone wrong for us today went wrong. Mm. The mistakes, the refereeing decisions, uh, the fact that we didn't have fully fit players, the fact that we were missing our, uh, our world-class midfielder, uh, the fact that things just weren't seemingly going our way in the game. Everything that could have gone wrong for us today went wrong and we still didn't lose. And, and not only did we not lose, but we showed real spirit and heart and determination to not let our heads drop at 2-0 down with 15 odd minutes to go and to take advantage of the opportunities when they came and and come away with a result that will hammer Chelsea's confidence into the ground and lift Arsenal certainly with, with, with much improvement. So there is a lot of reasons for why today's game is actually a good thing and why you shouldn't really be coming away fuming from this because... Omar, you're going to have off games. You know it's of going course. to happen. Yeah, you know you yeah, think about definitely. Everton away last season, off game, terrible. Yeah. We lost. That. And we lost. We lost that. Yeah, think about Leeds away last season, a game where we played awfully. We won that game one yeah. 0 We played awfully. You're always going to have off games. Hundred percent. Man City had an off game against us, and they lost. You know, they had an off game. Argue, I think. Um, I think about the game last season away at Villa. I think they had an off game and they drew that. Gerrard, Gerrard was the manager, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they drew at home against uh, Everton on New Year's Eve as well when we beat Brighton mm. away from home. There is, You're going to have off games and it happens. And especially, I think, following an international break where everything's a bit lethargic and we're not clicked yet and we're not back from from that break and we've not had enough time to spend on on, on kind of this game together. If you can avoid defeat and not only that, but come back, I think it's really key. But tell me your thoughts on, on that rant if you or monologue more than rant, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, 100%. I think
1: we've got two difficult away games, including Chelsea. We've got Chelsea. We've picked up a point, a very good point. And after Sheffield United, I think we play Newcastle away from home. If anyone said to me prior to these two away games that if you could take four points out of these two games, would you take it? It's 100% every single day of the week. Like, obviously, I want Arsenal to win every single game, every week, every competition, whatever it is, Carabao Cup, Champions League, Premier League. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't work like that. We have to be realistic. And there's going to be, as you've touched on, games where you're lethargic, y- y- the weather's bad, um y- you don't feel like giving it all. So many narratives. But the most important thing is you don't lose. You don't lose. The best teams, they don't lose. And that's why they go on to win Premier League titles, Champions League titles. And if you're a team that has that skill or armoury or weapon in your locker, it's a sign of a team that is going to do very well throughout this season. And again, I want Arsenal to play a bit better. I want Arsenal to improve their performances because I still think they're right now they've got the handbrake on in certain games and maybe I just want them to release that handbrake and perform a bit better but look we've got a massive game coming up in the Champions League on Tuesday night it's going to be another hostile atmosphere that we have to try and um, overcome in, in the Champions League against Sevilla and if we can get three points there this week would have been perfect no?
0: Yeah, uh, if we can get you know three points at Seville, that's going to be a tough game. It's always difficult to go there um, for any team, no matter how you know poor their own form is. If you can get a win there, if you can then get the win against Sheffield United um it's going to be really important to then get things back on track going into you know we've got some interesting games coming up you know newcastle it's a very very tough game away from them they are on fire at the moment yeah and, and they're on fire at the end of last season and we came over a really important win there that no one really thought we were going to to be fair and we did so we've also got a Carabao cup game against west ham uh on the 1st of november so there's a really intriguing run of fixtures coming and if arsenal can keep going unbeaten for as long as feasible as that's really important to this run um any final thoughts? Anything you think we've not touched upon that you wanted to touch upon?
1: No, nah, I just, I'm happy, bro. I'm really, really happy. Um, because it could have been worse, <laughs> it could have been a lot, lot worse than it is. So, yeah, we take the point. Uh, let's just say that Chelsea fans are going to be more upset and more disheartened after this draw than Arsenal fans are.
0: Yeah, you know, without question. Uh, also, we've played nine games this season. Someone's just tweeted me. Um, played nine games this league season, including games against Chelsea, Spurs, Manchester United and Manchester City, and we're joint top. Um, so that gives you a little bit more context to to where we're at. You know, so we've got two of the big, well, one of the big six left in our last nine games uh, the, of the first half of the season. So that kind of tells you uh, where we're at in, in in the sense of context as well. So let's let's see what happens but ultimately i am feeling so much better than i thought i was going to uh, i'm taking all the positives away from this game and uh, and certainly arsenal fans i think have got a reason to be sure a bit guide the the, the the performance and what happened but i think there's so many positives so many positives to think about from today despite it not being what we ultimately wanted umar thank you for your time mate very much appreciate it always appreciate it bro but yeah
1: it's a nice weekend
0: Indeed, yes. Your weekend has been to a degree saved. I uh, could really appreciate uh, a result for us on Monday night. Um, that would be wonderful uh, to, to really improve this weekend. We are around 1,000 subs away from what is a mad 100K. I want to see that 100K plaque up behind Umar on his wall. So can oh, we no, kind no, of no, please no, get there, no, please? No, no. <laughs> what do you He's mean, getting... Nah.
1: He's still crying. I, it's a, it's a team effort. It's always been a team effort from the start. Um, obviously, myself and Tom, we're we're I think the OGs.
0: The OGs. Could say. Yeah, the OGs yeah. are
1: still still sticking around. But it's been it's been a team effort. As soon as we started the channel, um, Bailey, Chris, uh, Hush, Charlie, Alfie, Gina, so many names. Yeah. Uh, Guy. Right, Dying, so many, yeah. yeah so many names the the so many many, yeah he's a, he's a dad now <laughs> see yeah yes yeah, yeah. He but uh, so many names to thank but it's been at the yeah, end of the day he was on
0: right at the start <laughs> yeah see,
1: see. chelsea fan yeah but yeah
0: it'll be moving today <laughs> it's true
1: but like we couldn't have done it at the end of the day without the support of the people who watch us uh, i think and like and subscribe so Yeah, thank you to everyone who who supports us every single day. Um, But yeah, it would be nice to get 100,000
0: before the next
1: international break.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Do drop a like, subscribe. Help us hit that three-digit thousand figure. That would be fantastic if you could. Uh, as I said, you'll be able to watch Mikel Arteta's post-match press conference uh, when it drops a little bit later. Uh, you'll have all the transcript from it as well on the football.london website. You've got player ratings over there. I'm going to be doing a bit of a post-match piece about all the positives to take from today's game um, and why Arsenal fans should be happy about this result in the end. And then tomorrow morning we'll have a winner's and losers piece out for you as well, so make sure you look out for that one. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Very much appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we will see you uh, on Monday, uh, of course, for the next Arsenal Agenda show. Uh, I won't be on because I'm going to be at London Colney ahead of the uh, yeah. the game with Sevilla um, for the open training session. So watch out for that. Uh, have a great day, people. I'll see you again soon. As will Umar, and as always, of the Arsenal. 49, 49, I just... No. No, that's not how we end the show. As always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. There we go.